There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was taped in June. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Play it. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and cocktails to go. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. You know, that is so... That, what a great hello that is. That makes it's a nice way. It's a nice way to start a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how's it going, Jonathan? Uh, I've just turned the fan off in my office so that we can record, which means we are counting down uh, to the point when my body temperature goes past 105 and I pass out. I know this. This room too. This room too is like freezing with the air conditioning on, and you turn it off, and five minutes later, you are basically able to bake sourdough bread in here. Yes, and you know so- I. I have ways of cooling fans, air conditioners. Can't use them while recording. Nope. Also, I have to keep the door closed in this room because let's just say I might cat. have a feral cat living in my office <laughs> right now. So I can't have the door open even. Oh, do you hear that meowing? Oh, yeah, that's the meowing of your feral cat. Yeah, there he is. That's Betsy. So, that sounds, Betsy sounds okay. He's... Well. Right, right, Right now he's at the window and he's meowing. I think what he's saying is, help, I'm up here. <laughs> Guys, to all I'm the up other here. feral cats. Maybe he's saying, free food in here. <laughs> free food in here. It's really awesome in here. You just sleep all day and eat food. I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's uh, he's doing great. As you know, as you know, I have started taking care of uh, the feral cats in my backyard. But the feral cats are now not in a crate. They are well, not in a basement. Just, they don't yeah. have a towel over them. They are roaming freely in your That's recording right. studio. One has a skin condition and is uh, staying with me a while until uh, the skin condition is solved. And it and may he, not be solved. I don't know. It may not be solved. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Maybe he's going to be an indoor cat who meows at the window. <laughs> your, your indoor cat. Let's, let's just yeah, uh, let's, let's sure. make it personal. It's not an I, indoor cat. It's you you notice that I'm talking around cat. it. I'm trying, I'm trying not to say it because I've become too attached to this cat well, who yeah, does not love me in any well, way. Well, the cat does deep, 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 deep in its feral mind and heart. Mm, no. <laughs> can, you see, can you see Betsy back there? He's over by the radiator. Watch, I taught him a trick. Betsy! Betsy! See, I do that. It looks at me. Aww. It's amazing, right? It's really cute. A loud noise and a head turns. That is yeah, a trick. Loud, it's, he, thinks it's, he thinks it's a predator, so he looks up. Yeah, that's, that's like the first sign of like threat approaching. <laughs> I make that noise and he's like, ugh, this idiot again. Once again, we have nothing but show for you. From the Netflix series Working Moms, we have the show's creators and stars, Catherine Reitman and Philip Sternberg. Then we talk to a longtime friend of mine, comedian Baron Vaughn, and he shares with us his innermost thoughts on who would be a better roommate, the Hulk or Wolverine. But first, we're going to get things going with Alex Newell and Jane Levy from the NBC musical dramedy Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. The show is about a woman who discovers she has the ability to hear people's thoughts as songs. So everyone on the show is a triple threat. They can act, sing, and dance. But, Jonathan, can they waltz their way through an Ask Me Another trivia game? I hope so. You know, I always thought triple threat was acting, singing, and trivia. But you say it's acting, singing, and dancing. <laughs> Interesting. You know what? Maybe maybe it is. Maybe, maybe trivia is just woven in there, you know? I guess we'll find out. And like magic, here they are. Jane Levy, Alex Newell, thank you so much for being part of Ask Me Another. Thanks for having us. 
I have been, you know, watching um, Zoe's ex- extraordinary playlist. Okay, now I know that some of the cast are professional singers and dancers like you, Alex, but the show features a lot of choreography that I assume you don't get a lot of time to learn. What was that like for you, Jane? Yeah, there's a there's a, a, a an array of experience throughout the cast. Alex Newell comes in and just does one kick and is like, "I learned it. It's fine." And, and then and then there's some of us who get eight rehearsals because it's a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do learn. So I have learned a music number the day of, but Jane has as well. Well, yeah, but mine are usually. You know, my character's in every single dance number, or every musical number because it comes through her superpower. But most of my choreography, if you want to call it that, in those numbers are just me, like, walking in a straight line. So I can learn those on the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a second. You have a dance background, don't you, Jade? I danced as a kid. Yeah. 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 So you're not, you're not afraid of it. No, I love it. I'm much more afraid of singing. Singing is really difficult for me uh but she nails it every time that's what she (laughs) meant after the butt but i nail it every time period wow thanks alex but dancing is just fun and i care less about being good about good at it right yeah because you can move and that's the most important thing it's the rest of us who are when you start dancing people are like oh no 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 no. i don't i mean but her dancing like when we did the opening of uh the second episode when she was like taking stairs, yes. like they were like nothing <laughs> like dancing and jumping down like three, five steps. That's when I, I was, was in shape. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have a couple great games for you. Let's, let's play some games. Yes. Okay. So this first one, you're going to be playing against each other. We're going to go back and forth. This is a this is a game about characters. Every answer in this game is a famous character. Jonathan and I are going to read you an excerpt of how the author described the character. And you just have to guess who is being described. Great. Okay. So, Alex, we'll start with you. Okay. Here you go. Her stepsisters ridiculed her Cinderella. and scattered peas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stepsisters, right? How many yeah. could there be? How many could there be? So, you know, honestly, I just, I wanted to read the rest of it just for yeah. our listeners. And also because I did not, I when I heard this description, I had never heard this particular um, version. Yeah. That her stepsisters ridiculed her and scattered peas and lentils into the ashes. ashes. And she had to spend the whole day sorting them out. And at night, she was so tired, there was no bed for her to sleep in. But she had to lie down next to the hearth in the ashes. Peas and lentils in the ashes. Yeah, it's a Brother Grimm version of it. Hey, you're right. You're right twice. <laughs> you're right multiple times. I knew you were going to be good at this game. Oh, no, stop it. No, but I really uh, knew that one because it is, uh, you know, the musical theater nerd that I am. It yeah. is what happens at the beginning of the musical with Cinderella's character. If you want to go to the ball, I have placed all these lentils in the ashes, pick them out, and then you can go to the ball. And then once she does it, they're like, well, you're dirty, so now you can't. <gasps> right. Evil. Yeah. And then yeah. in that story, her steps to get their um, eyes poked out by crows. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta love the brothers. They really did not pull any punches. I know. They're like karma. Great way to end it. (laughs) All right, Jane. This one is for you. He was wearing a baggy silk suit with great big orange buttons, a bright tie, electric blue flopped down his front, and on his hands were big white gloves, like the kind Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck always wore. Is he a clown? He is a clown. Um. And not a very nice one. Oh, clown! Not a, not a nice clown. It. It is from. It is from. Yeah. It. Do you remember the name of the clown in it? Uh, yeah. Pennywise. Yeah. Pennywise. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Technically, it's uh, technically Pennywise and it are kind of the same thing, referred to yeah. as it. But yes, it's, that's it's, right. It's a, you you had it. You know, if a clown came out of our sewers right now, I'd be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, wow, on Not brand. Surprised. On brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. 2020, 2020 continues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Alex, this is the last one for you. 
I swing my legs off the bed and slide into my hunting boots. I pull on trousers, a shirt, tuck in my long, dark braid up into my cap and grab my forage bag. On the table, under a wooden bowl to protect it from hungry rats and cats alike, sits a perfect little goat cheese wrapped in basil leaves. Prim's gift to me on reaping day. Katniss Everdeen. Exactly. <laughs> that is right. No hesitation. Oh, you got me at prim. I knew at prim. I know before that, it just sounds like the opening <laughs> paragraph to like Cheese Monthly yes. Magazine or something like that. <laughs> I was like, why cheese with rats? What are you talking about? I, I mean, fantastic, but what? I had an audition for Katniss Everdeen. Yes. yes. Oh. And it was awful. And oh, the, no. the casting director handed me a bow and arrow. <laughs> Just to see if you and the bow and arrow have chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> was that at the beginning of the audition or were you sort of a little bit into it? And they're like, okay, wait, 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 here you go. Here's. It was towards the end after, while I was doing the audition, I don't believe the casting director looked at me once. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, That's just someone poking fun. My God. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're probably right. <laughs> All right, Jane, this this last one is for you. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. The Tin Man? The the Lion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking the Wizard of Oz. As a fine guess, this is another another holiday-related literature. Alex, you look like you know it. I do. Crap. Okay. You probably um, know it. You probably know it more as a cartoon green. than you know yeah. it as as literature. Yeah. And the character is oh, green. Yes. Yeah. The Grinch who stole Christmas. That's right. correct. And then his heart grew. Remember that? Ten times the size. Because uh, you know maybe maybe he was angry before because his heart was two sizes too small because he didn't have he had like a heart condition and he didn't have you know socialized medicine to deal with it. But then yeah. later in the story they got it. Xanax proves to help a lot. <laughs> we should have just given the Grinch Xanax. Or take this, right sweetie. Just take this, sweetie. You'll be so much happier. I would like to read The Grinch Who Stole Xanax. <laughs> I'm writing it currently. <laughs> yes, you should. Just a sweep of our game. Both are obviously very smart, well-versed, well-read, uh, and you did fantastic. Coming up, we have spouse testants, Catherine Reitman and Philip Sternberg from the Netflix series Working Moms. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. For the seventh year on the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity go way beyond the day's headlines. Because we know what's part of every person is part of every story. We're bringing that perspective with new episodes every week. Listen on the Code Switch podcast from NPR. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and waiting to go to the barber because you're too embarrassed of the last haircut you gave yourself. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with the stars of NBC's Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Jane Levy and Alex Newell. So before our next game, Jane, 
you were in an Evil Dead movie, and am I right that you stole, or maybe you were gifted, the chainsaw from that movie? True. Which one was it? I was gifted it. Okay. It's not as fun as saying I stole it, but (laughs) I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's very uh, gross. And the last sequence in the movie takes place in blood rain. So they set up these towers full of red paint and I just got paint poured on me for two weeks. And so the chainsaw I have was actually a functioning chainsaw, but it got jammed with so much paint that it's broken. Oh, you can't use it. No, you can't use it. <laughs> uh, you should leave a, uh, a very angry review uh, on Amazon about that chainsaw. <laughs> two stars uh-huh. does not work during blood rain. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see it. (laughs) Would you like to play another game? Absolutely. I'm in. I think we can all agree that the world is a stressful place. We all have our different ways of coping with it. And so today I'm introducing a new character I am meeting for the first time called Calm Ulfira. Calm Ulfira awakens with the sun to meditate in a field on a day of quarantine with her four-year-old child. Kamofira will describe something people are using to deal with their stress, and you just have to guess what it is. Great. Lovely. All right, this is for you, Jane. Okay. Close your eyes. Imagine a waterfall cascading off a cliff into a bowl of flour. As you breathe in the air around you, this mixture will breathe in the yeast that's also (gasps) around you. Focus on growth. The mixture has reached the top of the bowl. Discard what doesn't serve you. Maybe into some waffles. Uh, baking sourdough bread. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Alex, have you made any bread? Alex is a great cook. No, I haven't made bread because everybody was making bread. And also, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. You were going to eat it. I don't even like bread that much. What? I think I like bread, but I don't know if I like bread that much. I think bread is my all-time <laughs> favorite food. Me too. I could bread just and eat butter. it nonstop. All right, Alex, this one is for you. Breathe in. Breathe out. This is a day of new horizons. It's time to switch off your brain. That's it. Trust in your fingers. You might be holding a controller, but you know that you are truly in control. Watching Netflix. Close. Think of something that you would have the controller in your hand for the entire experience. Scrolling Instagram? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, or playing the video games. That's right. I mean, now that you've opened it up, I feel all of those things. Yes, I feel scrolling Instagram does require a lot of interaction with the At uh, first I thought it was a nap because that's what I really do professionally now. And have you learned that you can do it in any room in your house? Have you learned that? I was. I like, have oh, fallen asleep up. in this position. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, this is for you, Jane. Unclench your jaw and imagine opening up a box filled with endless pieces. You are in charge of creating your own story. You are in charge of creating this image of a wicker basket full of puggles. <laughs> puzzle making. Yes, that's right. What's the verb she, for puzzles? Puzzle. Uh, constructing? Puzzling? Puzzling? Putting together ring. Putting in yeah. gathering? Constructing. Puzzling. It's puzzle puzzling. Puzzle puzzling. Yeah, say it again, Alex. Puzzle puzzling. Wow, it sounds so good. Darling, puzzle puzzling. <laughs> All right, Alex, this is the last one for you. Feel a soothing warmth. Travel from your neck to your elbow to the elbow noodles on the stove. Acknowledge that you have the tools you need, like a spoon to disperse your orange powder. Exhale out all your breath to make room in your body for yet more carbs. Macaroni and cheese? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. The boxed. You know, I feel like, you know, the one disappointing thing about boxed mac and cheese for me is that you can't eat it out of the box. Like, you still have to use dishes. If it was truly 
Well, you know, they have the individual cup thingies now. Yeah, that's what I like. That's what I like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, just a sweep of our game. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jane Levy. Thank you so much, Alex Newell. I really, really loved having you on our show. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Jane Levy and Alex Newell. You can catch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist on NBC. And joining me right now, the creators, writers, actors, and directors of the Netflix series Working Moms, Catherine Reitman and Philip Sternberg. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Happy to be here. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Philip. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. It's quite a bassy voice you have there. That's very. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's coming through. That is a nice voice. The bigger the bigger my beard gets, the deeper my voice gets. It's a weird <laughs> side effect. I like that correlation. <laughs> So you've been married for more than 10 years. I love the story of how you met. Can you please share it with us? The quick quick version of it is that I went to Philip's office. I had an audition nearby and a girlfriend of mine asked if I would pick up a paycheck for her at Philip's office. She said, just ask for this guy, Phil. I went in, I met Phil and I can safely say I've never felt actual physical chemistry with somebody until that day. No, I, I felt like I was in like a music video and, you know, an angel <laughs> walks into the room and I was like, I was so busy and I just stopped everything. And I, I'm usually pretty communicative and I just froze up and I was like, oh, uh, hi. And I gave her the paycheck she asked for. And I'm like, who, who are you? And she was like, I'm Catherine. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm Phil. And, uh, and I watched her go and immediately she left the room and I was like, who the hell was that? That, that was like, that's the... I was totally smitten and she looked gorgeous and she was wearing short shorts and she was dressed up for this audition. There's no need for that detail. They don't uh, need to hear about the short shorts. That makes I me sound like a buffoon. For an audition? Uh, that was I for mean, an audition? Uh-huh. Exactly. Afira, what must you think of me now? I was wearing short shorts to get a job. Short shorts. Yeah, sure. Well, what, how, how was what's your hair in braids or something like that? Yes, it was. You know what? Don't answer that, Philip. Don't answer that. Was it Daisy Duke? You're doing a Daisy Duke audition? Listen, I only, I exclusively auditioned for butter commercials, if you must. It's not about the shorts. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. It's not about the damn shorts. And then there was a party in downtown LA that Phil and I both were at. And he came up to me and said, you walked out of my life once. That's not happening again. Wow. And I gave him so romantic. I know. It was very romantic. And I think six months later, we were engaged. It was insane. We were really fast and furious. That's so great. Mm. Okay, we have a couple games for you. So oh my God, let, Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. In this word game, by the way, you're going to be working together. Thank God. Uh, it's called State Your Message. So every clue will contain the names of two or more U.S. states, but you're going to take the postal abbreviation of every state in the clue, string them together to spell a word. For God's sakes. <laughs> No, so fine. let me let me give you an example. If I said, when you're at a lakeside beach in Pennsylvania or Illinois, if you want to make a sandcastle, remember to bring a little shovel a and one of these. A pail. You got it. So PA for Pennsylvania yeah. plus okay. IL yeah, for Illinois. Exactly. Are they all that simple? That one was the hardest. We always give the hardest one as the example. Oh, perfect. Thank this God. Is, no wonder people tune in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sending a message from Colorado to Delaware. It contains top secret information about my crush, so I wrote it in this. Code? Yes, code. All right, here's another one. My career as a silent performer used to take me all over the country, from Michigan to Maine. Now the only place where I try to escape from an invisible box is my own bedroom. It's tough to be one of these. I'm going to guess it's not a clown. It's a mime? Yeah, you got it, mime. Do you find that people, when they answer on this, say it really insecurely at first, and by the end they have authority to their answers? Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I'm uh, average. (laughs) all right if you live in oregon or alabama or any state and want to be a citizen you should know the citizenship test isn't written it is oral oral. (laughs) all right how about this one when i was on tour i loved to eat beans 
From Wisconsin to North Dakota, I've broken this. <gasps> Wind. <laughs> I like that. Wind. A gasp. I love the gasp. Wind, Wind taken in. Wind. 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 See, you, you guys are killing us. Yeah. No problem at all. Catherine, you're doing so well. You were so nervous. I know. I'm, now I'm being cocky and I got to share the mic more. The next one's Elfil. All right. No, no, no. Guess you got what? it. Guess what? We're taking this up a notch. Oh, okay. no. Okay. <laughs> Busy humans chug coffee. Busy bees in Nebraska, Connecticut, and Arkansas can't get enough of this sweet fluid. Nectar. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. How'd that feel? Good, right? Felt good. That felt very it felt good. Real good. Three. You warmed up on the twos, Ooh. and now you did a three. Guess what's coming your way now? Oh, a four. four? Oh my! It's God. a four B. We got a four okay. B. This is your last question. Okay. Squids in California, Louisiana, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island better be careful because residents there can't get enough of crispy fried this calamari mm. that is correct calamari oh. clean sweep you guys fantastic oh my yep. god i feel like Nailed. i just lost 30 pounds that was fun <laughs> <laughs> would you like to play another game absolutely no thank you <laughs> <laughs> so in this game you're going to be competing against each other okay uh did you know did you know creator of peanuts cartoonist charles schultz and nobel laureate bob dylan were both born in minnesota no fun fact no. i know i didn't believe that i didn't know, I didn't know, I know. that did they go to the same diner <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll never know. We'll never know. Maybe they collaborated on songs as children. Exactly. Exactly where you've led us, Phil. So uh, the reason why we told you that is because yeah. we have ruined some famous Bob Dylan songs by changing <laughs> their lyrics to be about characters from Peanuts. Oh, awesome. Oh, yes. <laughs> so to earn a point, you only need to do one of the following three things. <laughs> identify the Peanuts character that I'm singing about, or okay. identify the Dylan song that I parodied, or... Just answer in the voice of an adult from Peanuts cartoons. So we're going to go back and forth, and we're going to start with you, Catherine, okay? So this okay, one's for okay, you. Okay. How many times can a boy kick a ball if the ball's always pulled from the tee? How many times can a boy fly a kite? If the kite's always munched by a tree Yes, and how can a boy love a red-headed girl If his love is a thing she can't see The answer, my friend, well, who's that boy again? To answer, say, who's that boy again? It's Charlie Brown, and the answer's blowing in the wind. You're such a beautiful singer. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. That thank was lovely. Much. I could have just I was strangely that. moved. Yes. It is a Why am I crying? I, I was. I found myself, like, reenacting the Peanuts stories in my I mind. Know. It was, like, <laughs> suddenly seven years old. It is kind of amazing, though, to think of a character, someone writing a character of a depressed child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No help. Yeah. No explanation. He's got, he's got <laughs> existential dread. And yeah. he's a, full. Full. Yeah. And, he, and he's also bald. It's a very strange choice. And she's that. surrounded by nightmare types. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> no one's throwing him a bone. It's no. true. It's true. All right. Here's your next one. This is for you, Philip. In another lifetime, back in World War One. Jumped in my sop with camel and I flew into the sun. Shot down by the Red Baron, the daydream lost its form. I'm back atop my doghouse, sleeping where it's warm. <gasps> okay, uh, Snoopy. It is Snoopy, that is correct. Um, shelter from the Storm. Shelter yes. from the Storm is correct, that's right. Are doghouses still a thing? I think they are. <laughs> and in fact, I saw on social media recently... I can't remember what movie star model guy did it, but they actually installed an air conditioner into it. No. Yes. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, granted, glo global warming is a thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. They had like full on air conditioning and there was like a Labrador being like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And the Labrador takes a, uh, a gas guzzling dog car to the house. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right, where he <laughs> operates his uh, fondue machine for lunch. <laughs> right. His frozen margarita maker. Is the private jet ready? Gas it up. Uh, Gas it up and keep open. it running. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Catherine, this is for you. Okay. Only five cents. Let's begin. The sign says the psychiatrist is in Sitting in her booth She'll tell you the truth Though she's often tactless and uncouth What's the name of this girl? Lucy. It is Lucy. Lucy. It's Lucy. And I have no idea what the song is, but it was very pretty. Uh, that was uh, Just Like a Woman. Just like a woman. That's right. <laughs> there we Phil, go. Pass that yeah. man the guitar. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to back you up, John. I mean, I dabble, I dabble. Listen, <laughs> listen. All right, here is your last one, Philip. It is for you. Out in a field. I'm sitting out in a field. Night is Halloween. Where's that great pumpkin bean? I guess he isn't here. Just wait until next year. Linus. Yeah, that is Linus waiting for the great pumpkin. You are correct. Like a Rolling Stone. Yeah, well done. Thank you. I love that we adapted Waiting for Godot for kids. Isn't that great? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's exactly. Yeah. Uh, you guys did great, right? That was so fun. That, that was, was so awesome. Yeah. You guys yeah. did great. Can I just yes. say, making up <laughs> all those questions. That's really a- complicated. Listen, it was a group effort, and we all pulled together and made a great thing together. We should be very proud. We did. We also sound a whole lot like like the team that got second place right now. <laughs> like you know what? You know what? You, you did good. You did good. I did good. This and we all good. did good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. So looking forward to Working Moms season five coming up. Thank Thanks, you, Sophia. Thank Thanks, you so Jonathan. Much. Thank See you guys. Bye. Bye. That's Catherine Reitman and Philip Sternberg. The first four seasons of their show Working Moms are available on Netflix. After the break, forget Comic-Con, we've got Comic Vaughn. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean my friend, comedian, Baron Vaughn. He's ready and Baron to go. Oh no, I'm Ophira Eisenberg and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. What does it sound like to record an album inside a jail? On the documentary podcast, Track Change, you'll hear four men make music inside Richmond City Jail and hear how they're trying to break free from a cycle of addiction and incarceration. Been so long since I've been free. Listen to Track Change from Narratively and VPM, part of the NPR Network. From the campaigns to the conventions, from now through Election Day and beyond, the NPR Politics Podcast has you covered. As Joe Biden and Donald Trump square off again, we bring you the latest news from the trail and dive deep into each candidate's goals for a second term. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast every weekday. The Bullseye Podcast is, according to one journalist, the, quote, kind of show people listen to in a more perfect world. So make your world more perfect. Every week, Bullseye puts the pop in culture, interviewing brilliant authors, musicians, actors, and novelists to keep you on your pop culture target. Listen to the Bullseye podcast, only from NPR and Maximum Fun. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Let's welcome our special guest. He's an actor and comedian. You've seen him on the Netflix series Grace and Frankie, and he hosts the sci-fi wire show The Great Debate. Baron Vaughn! Hello, Baron. Hello, Ophira. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't even remember what year we met, but it was a long time ago, but I will it tell was. you this memory. I okay. remember it was some show in the East Village, uh, and it was the first time I'd met you. You had just arrived into town. 
and just started <laughs> doing stand up around. And we were like, cool, it seemed very nice. And then you went up on stage and killed. Oh, wow. That's, that's, thank you so much for saying that, Ophira. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even joking because it's funny to look back at that time and, 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 and think about what it was like for me, you know, being inside yeah. my, my own body. And I don't remember <laughs> those things at all. But from the outside, sure. everyone thought I was having a good time. So I don't stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know from your comedy and your first comedy album is called uh, Raised on Cable that you love television. Yeah. And Lily Tomlin is your mom on a series as yes. as an actor. Mm-hmm. Is it the TV mom you've always wanted to have? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, there's a group of 10 moms that I would have... Uh, the nomination pool was very competitive, but to even be in it in and of itself. You got a short list of possible moms. Yeah. Exactly. I had shortlisted a couple of TV moms and Lily Tomlin, luckily, was also on the short list. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Lily Tomlin's. You know, like she was yeah. a gigantic influence on me. Um, I did watch Laugh-In as a kid. And then I saw her in movies, you know, and I saw Nine to Five, obviously, when I was younger, too, which, of course, has technically my other TV mom, Jane Fonda, in it. <laughs> there you go. So in 2019, you co-hosted a show on Comedy Central with Open Mike Eagle called yes. The New Negroes, which was a mix of stand-up and music and sketches, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, all coming from a socially aware point of view. Yeah, <laughs> that that is how we sold it, yeah. Right, so being socially aware and doing that through stand-up isn't new, but what made this different? It's different, but it's also the same. I feel mm-hmm. like every couple of years, there's always a show that expands the black perspective, which is to say that there is no one way to be a black comic. Right. Um, There is not necessarily a thing called black comedy. However, I'm playing with that with a lot of ironies because I made a very black centric show with all black people. But the whole point of it is to show how much range there is to everyone stand up, you know, even people who are from the same damn city don't have the same things to say because they're different ages or they're from different neighborhoods. And that's, that was the whole point of it where it's just kind of like, no, we're not a monolith, you know? And, and I try to put us in the tradition of shows like Deaf Comedy Jam or In Living Color, um, a show that was a huge influence on me, which was called um, Partners in Crime. It was a show that Robert, Robert Townsend had on HBO way back in the day. You know, there's always been different versions of, this it's always been part of my mission and the, and the mission of most of the comics I'm around to be like, hey, I'm here, I exist. Yeah. But that's the whole point of, it, of that show. And then you and Open Mike Eagle have another show right now. Yes, a new live uh, funny or die web series called Call and Response. So in this one, you're inviting on a guest, uh, and you're talking about really just responding to the headlines in the current state of what's in the news. Yes. You know, where the New Negroes was much more focused on comedy and sketch um, yes. with social commentary. This feels pretty blunt and to the point. Yeah, it is pretty blunt. And and it's an experiment, you know. I yeah. mean, there will be comedy. We're funny people. <laughs> you are. It's, I mean, um, I, it's a big ask to tackle comedy in this current moment. Absolutely. And I don't always want to have to make everything funny because... Mm-hmm. To make something funny, you have to understand it first. You can only make a joke out of what you understand. So this is a means of me and Mike trying to process what the hell's going on. And, and, yeah. and it's true for anybody that wants to, to search or, or to tune in. We're talking to comics, writers, you know, philosophers, activists, union organizers, like there's all the different yeah. councilmen you know, directors, just all these different kinds of people around the country that are doing something or have something to say. The secret selfish thing is that me and Mike are, are getting smarter. Talking about, <laughs> yeah. we, are, we are talking to a lot of smart that's people. Right. So we're inviting yeah. people to come get smarter with us. And that's, <laughs> that's great. And that's what Call and Response is about. <laughs> that's great. And you have a new show on Sci-Fi right. Wire, The Great Debate. Yes, I do. Uh, so this is based on uh, these debates that would happen at Comic-Con. Yes. Um, yeah. And I met, like I imagine it's like really the crux of it is the age-old debate. Who would win in a fight Batman against Superman. Superman. Yeah, I mean, like it's that's the kernel, and we try to kind of take that idea that, that that nerds like to fight about the things that we love, and it's that debate, you know, to the nth degree because 
Like who would be the worst roommate, Wolverine uh, or the Incredible Hulk? You know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it's not just like who's tougher. It's like, oh, Wolverine and the Incredible Hulk in a domestic setting. Let me think. <laughs> hmm. I live with a Hulk right now. It's hey. a four-year-old. Uh, <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> the destroy and the smash is, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, so hang on. Also, Oh, right. Oh, there's a lot of, in the producer's Slack chat right now, they're freaking out <laughs> about Wolverine versus Hulk as a roommate. I just wanted to let you know. Well, that's fantastic. I Here's my take on that. Um, Please. First of all, Wolverine, very old. He's been alive for a long time. Mm. I just feel like he's going to have a lot of weird, vagrant friends that are crashing on the couch every now and then. (laughs) I'm going to wake up to some homie of his from the Civil War uh, just crashing on the couch like, what's up, man? We met at Antietam. I'm I'm 140 or whatever. Uh, And then, but the Incredible Hulk. You know, obviously, when you are living with someone, there can be a lot of tension. Um, It makes people's heart rates, you know, go high. That's not good for, you know, for Bruce Banner. Like, he's got to stay calm. The thing is that Bruce Banner would be a really good roommate. The Hulk wouldn't. So it's like Bruce Banner is a scientist. You know, he'd be great. Yeah, he's a guy who definitely washes a dish after he uses it. You know what I mean? And he dries it and he puts it back in the cabinet. He doesn't leave it in the rack. He's a scientist. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Barrett, on your show, The Great Debate, you have various people that are debating pop culture topics, and then you decide who is the winner. So we have created, actually, some head-to-head contests that have objective, inarguable winners. Jonathan and I don't know the answers, so we're all going to play this one together. Oh, fantastic. Okay. The movie 2001 A Space Odyssey versus... The movie Gravity. Which film is more scientifically accurate, according to a former NASA astronaut interviewed by the news site Insider? Wow. Uh, (laughs) I have not seen Gravity. But... Yeah. 2001 was made before the year 2000. Yeah, it didn't really pan out. Yes. But Gravity was around... Before that movie was made. <laughs> That's true. Gravity is a real thing, and Giant Space Baby is not a real thing. <laughs> giant, giant Space Baby is a real thing in the sense that that's my nickname to my closest friends. <laughs> um, but in terms of is it in the universe? Maybe not. Um, I'm going to go with <laughs> Gravity. Gravity is more scientifically accurate? I yes. might go with you based on the time thing. Yeah, I just think it's probably become more important now to make a sci-fi film that is more accurate. Scientifically accurate. Yeah. Okay. That's let's see. That's what we're we're saying. And we're saying gravity. Here we go. The answer is two thousand and one is Space Odyssey. Oh, no. oh my goodness! That's why everybody thinks that Kubrick shot the moon landing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Former astronaut Garrett Reisman gave two thousand and one a Space Odyssey a nine out of ten rating. He said the rotating space station is a realistic depiction of how to create artificial gravity. Conversely, he gave Gravity a two out of ten, saying oh the movie quote completely blows off the laws of physics. Sick burn. Wow. I can't imagine watching burn. a movie and sitting in the theater and going, this is blowing off the laws of physics. Woo! I can't. Right. I, gotta go, I gotta get my money back. I came to this movie to see a movie that respects the laws of physics. Hey, uh, what was that astronaut's name? Garrett Reisman. Hey, Hey, Garrett, uh, did you see Gravity? See it. I lived it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Baron, here's your next one. The Dragon Smaug from The Hobbit versus Scrooge McDuck. Who (laughs) is wealthier, according to the Forbes list of 15 wealthiest fictional characters, which they stopped updating in 2013 for some reason. I think they stopped after 2013 because, you know, people were like, yeah, people are hating these characters now. As <laughs> yeah. soon as. Yeah. 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 Talking about rich people like anymore. the 1% of <laughs> fictional characters. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck has been in bed with Enron. I don't know. I'm, doing, I'm, doing, I'm, doing, I'm not even doing Bernie. I'm doing James Adomi and doing I love Bernie. it. <laughs> The money bin, now they don't, you're not clarifying whether or not it's 90s DuckTales or new DuckTales, which Scrooge were talking about. The money bin dimensionally has kind of 
Uh, it's tricky. You know, when you see it, it's, it's on top of a hill. There's not really anything around it for mm. like to, for comparison. You know, like you're like, if only there was a leaning tower of Pisa here. Scrooge goes in it. Obviously, he's the only person that can dive, you know, belly flop into gold besides a cray cray dragon. Now, <laughs> Scrooge's money is stacked up. And I feel like Smaug's is really spread out because he wants it's just to, piled. Yeah. He wants to make snow angels. In it. He wants to make gold and snow <laughs> angels in it. Oh, my. Oh, so that makes me think the answer should be should be Smaug. I think it's Smaug, too. I think it probably is Smaug. Okay, and the answer is Scrooge McDuck. Come on. <laughs> Scrooge is at the top of the list with an estimated worth of $65.4 billion acquired from mining Ooh. and treasure hunting. Smaug mm. is number two. <laughs> mining? <laughs> I didn't know he was in, into mining. He does. He has mines. Huh. Smaug is at number two with an estimated $54.1 billion, ooh, $10 billion less, acquired by marauding. So to compare in real life, <laughs> Forbes says Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is the richest person in the world at a net worth of $113 billion. So wow. I guess he's a Smaug and a Scrooge. Put together. Put together. Yep. And according to his ex-wife, that's true. Watch out. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is really the subtext of the whole game is like, how could we slowly insult Jeff Bezos? And he will never, he'll be fine. All he right. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right, Baron. Would you like to play another game? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. Let's go for another, because, you know, you, uh, we asked you what subject you would like to play a game about. Uh, and you said theater. Specifically, black playwrights. So <laughs> we were we were pretty excited about that, and we have a multiple choice quiz for you. Okay, great. Okay, here we go. Let's just go right into it. Eclipsed, which received six Tony nominations in 2016, was written by the multi-talented uh, Dana Gurira. We say multi-talented in part because nerds also may recognize her as what? A voiceover artist for video games, including the Assassin's Creed series, an actor appearing in The Walking Dead and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or C, an illustrator with her own acclaimed DC superhero series. Um, B? Yeah. Yes, she's, right. uh, she plays Michonne on The Walking Dead, and you yes. also have seen her in Black Panther as one of the Dora Milaje. That's right. General Okoye. Yes, General Okoye. I saw that play. I saw that play in Washington, D.C., and it was incredible. (laughs) All right, Baron. Jeremy O'Harris. Oh, yes. Made waves on Broadway recently with Slave Play. He's also the co-writer of the upcoming film Zola, which is adapted from what unconventional source material? A, a meme of a cat eating salami. (laughs) <laughs> B, a viral Twitter thread, or C, an early 2000s fan fiction website? Uh, it's B, a viral Twitter thread. Uh, you are correct. Yes, again. By the way, just reading those, I, I got to say, I missed 2015 internet. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I know. It was so much, it was an innocent time. <laughs> Didn't know what we were doing. Just uh, fun <laughs> pictures of cats everywhere. Here's another one. Lorraine Hansberry is best known for her play A Raisin in the Sun, which gets its name from a line in the Langston Hughes poem Harlem. But the show's original title came from a different Hughes poem. What was that original title? Was it A, Broken Winged Bird from Dreams? Or B, In Some Place of the Sun from Dream Variations? Or C, The Crystal Stare from Mother to Son? Wow. Those are all so beautiful. Mm. I'm going to go with Broken Winged Bird. Is that what the first one was? That is the first one. That is a fine guess, but it's incorrect. It is the crystal stare. Damn it. Damn it to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Also, a lot of people don't know about what a great thinker and philosopher she was. She's very, 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 very close to James Baldwin. They had such interesting uh, friendships. All right. This is your last one. What Oscar-winning film was adapted from a project by playwright Terrell Alvin McCraney? Moonlight. Oh. I didn't even get to them. I looked at you because you were already nodding. You are correct. It was going to be A Spotlight, B Moonlight, C La La Land. And of course, the answer in this case, right ahead. I don't have to open up a ballot and misread it. And nope. then open up a ballot. Twist. <laughs> it is Moonlight. Yeah. That guy is incredible. Apparently, he and Barry Jenkins both grew up in the same neighborhood, which his play is based on. 
and they didn't know each other as children. And they're both mm. men that grew up in the same neighborhood wow. and, and were like the same age. That's why right. when Barry Jenkins read his play, he was like, what? How? <laughs> this? Why does he know what happened to me? It's amazing. Yeah, so it, right. in McCraney's autobiographical script that the film was adapted from was called In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. Baron Vaughn, you did amazing. Yes. You, yeah, uh, yeah. Two, two quizzes, fun debate. Not good at science movies. Real good <laughs> at black playwrights. Not good at science movie, but I am here for the fight. <laughs> this song is not copyrighted, cause I am making it up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm trying to, I'm trying to audition to be the next lead singer of Journey. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the job. I think I don't think you need any other members. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think journey is now of one. Barrett, thank you so much. It is uh, just so nice to talk to you as well. Great to it talk to you so too. So nice to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. I look forward to seeing you on all of my screens. Going <laughs> <forward>. <laughs> well, I hope you have guests back because I would love to come back uh, and be asked another. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Now we have to. Now we have to. Just because that's you're now our promotional material. Yeah. <laughs> you can catch Baron's show, Call and Response, streaming live on Blavity and FunnyOrDie.com. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles are written by our staff, along with Camilla Franklin, Jamie Greenberg, Jack Lechner, Emily Winter, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Kara Powell, Nancy Seichow, James Barber, and Ramel Wood. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you, and it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Alfonso Ribeiro talks about his fresh Prince of Bel-Air days and winning Dancing with the Stars. Plus, comedian Jen Spira competes in a game of this, that, or the other against Saturday Night Live cast member Alex Moffat. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity don't begin or end with the news cycle. That's because we know race and identity impact every person and influence every story. We're getting into all of it with new voices each week on the Code Switch podcast from NPR. Numbers that explain the economy. We love them at the Indicator from Planet Money. And on Fridays, we discuss indicators in the news, like job numbers, spending, the cost of food, sometimes all three. So my indicator is about why you might need to bring home more bacon to afford your eggs. I'll be here all week. Wrap up your week and listen to the Indicator podcast from NPR. On the TED Radio Hour, in the middle school cafeteria, Ty Tashiro always sat with his equally nerdy buddies. The socially awkward kids who were the furthest thing from cool. And he often wondered, Why am I so socially awkward and what am I going to do about that? Now Ty is a psychologist and expert on awkwardness, and he has some answers. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.